0: Come to Berlin. Ich bin ein Wieliner. everyone, welcome back to Your Story. I'm your host Ian Cath, this is episode 70. Today's show is actually part two of the last episode that we had, episode 69. This is part two of it, to go a little bit deeper, to go into a new direction with the story that we started hearing about last week. Just to fill you in on how this particular episode all came about, I went on a walking tour when I was in Berlin with a young student from Boston in the U.S., Ahsoka, her name is, and she took us all around the streets of Berlin, as you do when you're visiting that amazing city, and showed us some of the sights. And we had a wonderful time, and in amongst the six or so hours that we were with her and Dealing with the incredible cold, because it was starting to get very, very cold when I was with her at that stage of the game. It's probably down to about minus 10 at the time. It was a very, very cold period. The coldest I'd ever been in my life up to that moment. It got a little bit colder shortly afterwards. But while Ahsoka was taking us around the streets, we got chatting about one thing or another, of course. And eventually she got around to ask me what I do. And I mentioned that I like meeting people who I find interesting and record their stories and then put them out as a podcast episode. And she turned around to me immediately and said, you need to talk to Sophie. And I went, who's Sophie? So she told me all about the bookstore that you heard about on last week's episode. And she said they do a dinner there on the Friday night. You ought to get yourself along to it. I didn't really understand that until Sophie explained more about it to me. And you heard all about that on the last episode. But if you've listened to the last episode, you also heard a lot about the background story, not only of herself, but the changes that have happened to Berlin, particularly since the war came down. Now, if you haven't heard the last episode and you're about to listen to this episode, I'd suggest you go back and listen to part one, because it helps to flush out the story before we get into what we're going to talk about today. But first, I'd just like to remind you that I have another podcast over at createyourlifestory.com. Go and have a listen to that. You might find it interesting, at least check it out, and see if maybe you might be interested in recording some life stories in your own life, maybe your own story or somebody else. That's over at createyourlifestory.com, my other podcast. This podcast, of course, along with Create Your Life Story, are both available on iTunes. If you haven't subscribed, if you're listening directly off the site, why don't you go to iTunes? The links are all on the homepage at yourstorypodcast.com and get the episodes automatically downloaded to your iTunes account. just makes life so much easier. The site, of course, is yourstorypodcast.com. I love hearing from you, so if you've got any comments, please leave a comment after this post over at the site. This is episode 70. Of course, if you want to get hold of me, you can easily send an email to me, at chat at yourstorypodcast.com. Like I said, I love hearing from you, along with the Facebook fan page that we've got. All those links are over there on the site at yourstorypodcast.com. And I love it when you share what we're doing here with some of your friends. You can burn CDs, you can send emails, you can copy it in any way you like. This is all under Creative Commons Share Alike. I'm happy for you to burn and do all sorts of things with this, just get it out there, share the stories around, particularly if you know somebody, well, in the case of today's episode, if you happen to know somebody who might be going through some of the issues that Sophie explains to us. If you know somebody and you think that maybe this episode will help them, why don't you share this episode with them? And I actually encourage it. That's the reason I do this, to get it out so that these people's stories get around. The music, of course, is from IOTO PromoNet at Iodo Alliance. If you like the music and you want to check it out a little bit more, go to the links at the end of this episode, and there are links across to all of the information that you need to be able to find out more about the music. There are also on the site Amazon links. If you want to buy something, particularly at Amazon, and you want to uh, help me out, why don't you buy it through the Amazon search window? It costs you absolutely nothing extra, and I get a small kickback from Amazon. Tiny. kickback but it helps the show just that little bit. Now the reason I do these podcast episodes is I love meeting people who are a little bit different you know we're all different aren't we there is no such thing as normal I always say that average is what you get if you take everybody on the planet put them all together in a big melting pot and take out the average of everyone and nobody actually fits that average I believe so nobody is entirely normal But there are some people who are a little bit more different to the rest of us. And they're the ones who I like to dig out. And I often search them out. I'm often listening, waiting to hear about somebody who is particularly interesting and particularly intriguing. And when Ahsoka mentioned Sophie, I thought, wow, we've got somebody here. I wonder what she'll be like. And sure enough, she's a great storyteller, as you heard on the last episode. But as we dug into things, and as I started to understand and I met her a couple of times, I realized that there was a lot more to Sophie's story than just the bookstore. What is it like for somebody to suddenly wake up one morning and your whole world has changed? And something so fundamental as gender, I can't even relate to that. So I thought here is an opportunity to explore that and find out about a very, very different way about doing transition, something I've never heard about, something that caused me to be in awe of what was going down. And if you're anything like me, you've often wondered about how people deal with situations like this and the normal everyday things of what's involved in doing transition. I don't know much about it, but fortunately, we had somebody who was prepared to sit down and talk to me and tell us all about it. So let's get into part two of Sophie's story. Quite a few changes in the way the shop's been, but also in you. Uh, to a certain extent, yeah. So let's let's go with that segue and let's talk about the change, the transition. Ooh. Maybe it's mm-hmm. maybe it's best to take us back to how things were once.
1: How things were once. Um, hmm. I suppose up until um, three and a half, four years ago, something like that, it it was all pretty much the same. You came in, you'd you'd recognise me at any point in time then. Then I think what the date was, it was May 2008 and I woke up one morning, and everything was very different. And that meant that about six months later, I started to change externally as well as internally.
0: From a man to to a, a woman. What do you mean by you woke up and it was all different?
1: Okay, that's, um, what do I mean? I mean, I've reached a kind of tipping point. I think to understand it, you need to understand a little bit about how transsexuals are. In terms of male to female transsexuals, there's two major narratives. There's the one of the person who's known since the age of three that they were the classic uh, woman in a man's body. And then there are the ones who they're not quite so sure. They might have those feelings, but they try and keep them down. Uh, They maybe go through things like cross-dressing or whatever. And then eventually, kind of uh, at about my age, they, they very often decide okay i've discharged by my obligations to my offspring and whatever and now okay i can do what i really always wanted to do so we're talking about 30s 40s 50s that sort of age yeah, yeah yeah then you also have odd people like me mm-hmm. what happened to me was about a year before this i'd been taken to hospital fairly ill I had a fairly serious, I still have a fairly serious medical condition. One of the side effects of it was that it changed my hormonal balance very much. My hormonal balance went more towards being a woman. Now, normally with 9,999 People out of 10,000, it has no effect. It, 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 it limited effect in terms of maybe you don't feel so much of a sex drive, maybe you know, a bit lazier, whatever. But those of us who like who who are transsexual, who have brains that are actually configured like the brains of the opposite, the anatomical sex. What happens with hormones there? And what, what happens to the, with, with, with transsexuals with the straightforward narratives who decide to transition? When they take hormones, that's the most meaningful thing for them. The changes that that brings on, when their brains finally start to operate the way that they should have been, that's the, the really important thing, far more than, than any surgical operation.
0: Really? Okay, well, that's fascinating that's yeah.
1: nice to hear. And with me, it
0: kind of, it, it, it was happening it, to you naturally.
1: It, it happened to me naturally, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, there so, are some known cases, and um, there are a number... There are probably a large number more because it's not the kind of thing you want to tell a therapist. I mean, if, if you go in and say... Well, a funny thing happened to me last month and now I'm wondering if I can, it's it's more like, okay, they'll go away and give you some different kind of tablets and see me in a couple of years or whatever.
0: So so when this natural hormonal change came mm. about because of an illness, mm. why weren't you inclined to say maybe up the ante on testosterone? to push down the... You know, OK. Um, are we talking about a decrease in testosterone or an increase in estrogen? We're talking about both.
1: OK. Um, so why
0: not just increase your testosterone and hold away, hold down this effect?
1: OK. There, there were two things. First of all, I didn't react to it. I didn't see it as that initially. I, for the first couple of weeks, certainly... And after that, it was a concern. It was the notion that, well, maybe I've had a stroke or had some kind something like that. Mm-hmm. But there really wasn't any sign of that. Everything, the every way I could. I mean, I, I, I am a qualified psychologist. So I could have a quick test routine for myself and just going through things and talking to people. And I, No, there's nothing deeply cognitively wrong, just
0: a change. So when you had this Um, medical uh, condition, when did the actual transition, that morning that you woke up, when did that happen relevant to this medical condition that it happened
1: almost. about it happened about a year later
0: okay so you had a year of these hormones doing some weird things to your body. yeah
1: yeah i mean yes, i mean that was just sort of slightly comic you know having slightly enlarged breasts oh really
0: <laughs> yes and did you have unusual thoughts did you notice yeah. your thinking changing no. at all no 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 oh, it, it was. sudden desire to eat chocolate
1: no, no, that came later. <laughs> Definitely a pastime started, started crying like during chick
0: flicks. Mind you, I do that from time to time anyway. So here you are, you're in this medical sort of quandary, this thing is changing in you, and then all of a sudden you wake up. So take me back to that morning that you woke up and it's all different. It almost sounds like an epiphany, a, a, one of those very special moments that people have in their life where the world goes off axis.
1: I think the way that, the way it seemed was like, like an optical illusion. Uh, something like the classic um, faces or wine glass thing. I suddenly went from one to the other and, wait a minute, the world is a mildly different place. There were changes that I kind of ignored on that day because I thought, oh, I've gone through some this, this, some strange thing. I'm seeing things slightly differently was, was one of the things. Mainly it was a whole set of strange internal, the, the sense that everything, things internal were changed. But there were external ones as well, which I sort of wrote off at the time as being, oh, that's some kind of side effect thing. But actually, no, those were changes. A simple example and one that was very obvious immediately. I sit at my desk. I look round at bookshelves. When I or when anyone looks at some bookshelves or at, at most things around, you have you have the two criteria: you have colour and you have shape. There's a natural balance between those two and. However you are, you don't ever get a perspective on that. You don't think, oh, I've got X percent of my perception is shape, X percent is color. It's all just, oh, well, that's really normal. What happened with me, though, was a change, so I could actually see that balance changing. Change almost in the significance. What did I notice without even thinking about it? And suddenly I look at shells and I notice color far, far more and shape far, far less. It's like, what on earth is that? So it sounds like a a,
0: a genuine rewiring of your brain.
1: Maybe not a rewiring as such. I mean, the brain is plastic. So it's obviously something that's made me look back over all my previous life and look for you know, what was prefiguring this. Because, you know, I'd never had any intimation. I'd never had any sort of desire to cross-dress at all. There was never, I mean, oh, I should be an eccentric a bit sexually, but nothing particularly odd. I was just a straight male.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you were just as surprised as probably all of your friends oh, were. Yeah. yeah. Is it possible that during the six or 12 months of the hormones being different that there was this subtle change happening and it all flipped that one yeah, night?
1: I, I, I think so. I mean, I don't I don't think it was a thing of something being... You know, it, it needed to reach the a threshold. Tippy, it was a tipping yeah, point. Yeah, and yeah. that was
0: that morning. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, it reminds me of stories of people who have what I call the enlightening experience. They become aware of big things. And by the sounds of it, it sounds like, and sometimes people get it through a stroke. You know, they'll have a stroke mm. and all of a sudden they perceive the world mm. in a vastly different way and they stop thinking. And it almost sounds like a version of that. It, there's all this preparation okay. yeah. in the background and then all of a sudden it just flipped. Mm. And all of a sudden your world was completely different.
1: I think going back to the question you asked before about why didn't I go on to testosterone or mm-hmm. why didn't I, I think if you, if you were to look at it, the okay, the way that you'd looked at the world all the time would be like looking at a wine glass, and suddenly you see two faces. How do you go back to it? How can you want to? Yeah, it's how can you want to when you know that the world is a far larger place? How can you want to go back and lock yourself up in the space that you came from?
0: So, are you saying that your world is bigger and richer and broader than now, than it was?
1: I'd say it's more real. I'd say that my perspective on life is a lot larger. If it was a a question of if I'd have spent my life in this state, would that have been a preferable thing? That I I really don't know. Is this state that hung in as and of itself something that's far? wider and greater. I'm not sure. But in terms of this state plus my experience in the old state that certainly
0: yes. So the question would be, if I could wave a magic wand, where would you go? Back or stay here?
1: I'd stay here. I, I, I couldn't um if you waved around your magic wand, you would find pieces of it in places you <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you 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 like it that much, you like being here that much more than where you were,
1: yes, but it's not necessarily a straight comparison i mean it's like you know when you're talking to me now, you're talking to somebody going through a, a very strange kind of second adolescence.
0: And I don't even know the other person. I don't even know his name. <laughs> I'm the, I'm keep it that way. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for that because I only know mm. Sophie. Mm. And I've seen some photos of him, mm. you know, and they're available on the website for people to have a look at if they want to, but you know, relatively distant photos. But I only know Sophie. So, you know, that's, this is the person I'm talking to. So he's quite irrelevant in my world. Mm. Um, it's almost like it's the same for you. That's over in a way has he died in a in a a figurative sense in a figurative
1: sense yes but on the other hand i still because of the i guess my place i mean i'm always getting people i mean the last one was last week i guess so far it's march now and i must have had five people already this year three years on people who knew the my past incarnation coming in and oh um yeah there used to be an English guy here um is he, is he still about at all and that yeah, gets <laughs> to um yes occasionally fraught meetings
0: yeah yeah well yeah and I'm sure you've got people from your past too oh yeah, yeah. you mentioned briefly about children do you have children
1: I have one daughter who I don't really see very much of Okay.
0: okay. Um, and is she aware of this transition? No, she's aware of it. Okay. Um, you just mentioned that very briefly earlier.
1: Yes. I mean, I was, I was divorced when she was quite young okay. and uh, her mother remarried and deeply wanted her to be part of their family rather than part of mine. Okay. Uh,
0: I've got a, um, a friend who I haven't seen in many years who also in his early 40s has done a similar transition but a different story to yours, more the classic story.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think anyone who sees a picture of me will realise the extreme difficulty of me ever crossing.
0: Well, a big bushy black beard, it would have, it would have been interesting. It's, uh,
1: I, I, up until... Uh, but hey, Up until about just over three years ago, I'd only shaved about six times in my life Wow <laughs> and far too often after that.
0: I have to know some of the practical aspects of post waking up that morning and going my oh. goodness what does this mean?
1: Okay um, basically it was, I mean, the first thing was extreme paranoia about a stroke but at the same point of time it just didn't feel, but I didn't feel damaged or anything. I felt it literally like taking some fairly significant drug. Um,
0: that was the feeling that you had? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, like, like, that, like an acid that. trip or something?
1: Yeah, something yeah. No, maybe not quite as bright and loud, but quite, uh, quite strong internally,
0: yes. Yeah. Do you still have that feeling? Because I often wonder if people live permanently in some of those states, but because they've lived that way their entire life, they don't realise there are alternative ways to live. And you had a previous alternative, so mm-hmm. therefore you can see the difference in thinking. You know, this this current you has a different set of hormones to the previous you, so you can actually appreciate the difference, whereas for me, that has only been, say, childhood to manhood. Very, very different sort of situation. And I was just wondering, does that state of thinking consciousness that you were so incredibly aware of that morning is that still there with you now it's there to
1: an extent i mean yes you do get used to it the thing is that having that sharper break means that i can always look back there's all that contrast that happened then that's always with me it's almost i can sort of sit and be thinking gosh yes it's everything I'm really in very normal life now and then I think back to that time and I know this isn't <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's you know, things like uh, the sheer strength of emotions now is so much greater and I could never have imagined myself talking about Having periods, I mean, things like that, and not um, the normal male perspective.
0: Mm. So, have you found that there is an emotional roller coaster that you've had to ride?
1: I'd say yes, but it's not simply, oh, I'm like a, a man with a man's emotions, and except those man's emotions are bigger. It's that the way the emotions are tied in with the way that I look out on the world is also very different.
0: And do you think that's a female way of looking at the world? I, Sophie's uh, way uh, of looking
1: at the no, world. I think it's very much of a female way. I mean, I, I, I spend lots of time trying to work out, okay, how have I changed? And... In some ways, it actually it's not so much a voyage of self-exploration. It's actually been quite a, you know, just going out and talking to people and, you um, know, I'm sort of feeling really like this or something, or I'm seeing things this way or you know, whatever. And when you keep doing that, and when the guys you talk to go, that's really weird. I don't What, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? And when all the women go, yeah. No so you've got an advantage over the
0: rest of us because we take a lot of stuff for granted. you know as a man, I take things for granted, you know in this case, emotions you're talking about, and so do women. and because we take it for granted, we automatically put on each other that we mm. the other group feel the same way, but that's not necessarily the case, and you've had a chance to see that difference mm. to to be aware that you're thinking perceiving, experiencing different. Yes, I mean, sometimes... That's very it, unique. Uh, Not I many mean, people get I, I, I,
1: I really... I, I, I do have the fancy of, like, hey, why don't I just go back into psychology and start up as a relationship counsellor or something because I can see both sides rather yeah. better than most people. Yeah.
0: I remember hearing once an interview with a female-to-male transsexual and she had had children and then she became a man. And she said, if somebody asked me which was a lesser thing to have to worry about, shaving or dealing with periods, shaving, I'll take any day. <laughs> and I thought, well, yeah, and she's one of the few people who can actually express that. Have mm. mm. a very unique situation. You know, most of us, we just deal with it, you know, our, mm. our emotions, in particular our emotions. Like, it's an old cliche, isn't it? Men say, I just don't understand women. Mm. I think maybe... You do now.
1: That's, uh, I don't know whether women understand women, I don't know men understand men. Of course, of course, but but
0: you've got more of an insight than I have.
1: Maybe, maybe. I I don't know your experiences, you haven't really come out. Who knows what lurks behind that mild-mannered experience?
0: Sophie, this is your story, (laughs) not mine. (laughs) People are fascinated about these sort of topics because we never get a chance to go there. You wake up that morning. How do you deal with this? How did you, you know, like? Okay, am I having a stroke? No. Okay, I seem to be all right. Do I go to a psychologist? Do I go to a psychiatrist? Do I go jump off a cliff? Do I- well,
1: okay. I mean, it, that's where you have to realise that you know, I was trained as a psychologist. I did work as a therapist for a short while.
0: Did you deal with transgender you- people?
1: No, I don't know nothing like I just wondered. that. I mean, I I'd met trans people, and I tended to avoid them. Not sort of thinking, "Oh gosh, some weird freaks," because I mean, I was a weird freak in other ways. But it was more, "Oh well, that whole kind of side of things has to do with sex and things like that, and I'm probably not that. I'm not really that." Little did I know, but I do think that there is a thing if you you have practice as a therapist at all, then you really don't see therapy in quite the same way. And so it was like, well, let's see what I can work out by myself finding out about as much information as I could about transsexuality, about gender. OK, um, so
0: this first morning you said to, the world shifted hmm. for you. So were you already starting to identify and realise that there was a feminine thing growing inside you?
1: No, no, immediately not. There was a thing with gender immediately. It was the idea that when I looked round at people, the things that women were doing and saying made more sense to me, and the things that men were doing made less. And that pushed me into this thing of, well, how can Can I still be a guy if I'm looking at guys from the outside? Because that's what I was doing. And I suppose that was the initial thought of transsexuality. But I didn't really relate it up. It took me a long time.
0: So did you think of it?
1: It took me months to come around to the notion, I thought, for ages, well, okay, something is happening with gender and the way that I identify, I suppose, um, or the way that I seem to be is is really more the then I mean it's ridiculous. I mean I'm this old, how can I possibly have gone through life as a guy um suddenly change mean, you can't do that I mean maybe I've got some sort of feminine gender that grafts onto that or, or whatever no I mean what I went through was the same period that quite, actually quite a few transsexuals go through when they first go on hormones it's like a, a feeling of oh well, we're a bit of both and oh we can switch from one to the other uh, so this is still uh, the natural
0: hormones that are flowing through your body this, now, no, no, no. no. This, this period you're talking about.
1: No, this, this is this is uh, after this is after the difference after seeing yes. the. Um,
0: yes, I, but but we're not talking about additional the hormones here, are we? Medical. No, hormones no, no. no
1: I, I, I don't. I don't. Well, uh, um, yes, and no. Uh, no,
0: but, 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 back then it was but, purely natural stuff that was going on in your body.
1: It's 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 not purely natural, but it, it's not stuff I was taking for yes. that purpose. Um, but, it's essentially, this, this, there's the two things, that, the two major things that you're given if you're a transsexual. You're given something to suppress testosterone and you're given oestrogen. Now, with me, I was manufacturing my own oestrogen through my pituitary gland, which seems to be very adept at doing that. Mm-hmm um and in terms of stopping testosterone that's something that i took basically it's a side effect of something that i was taking for was prescribed for other medical reasons yep, it wasn't yep. uh,
0: yeah. yeah so so you have the side effect for the testosterone and the pituitary gland doing the estrogen yep. here we go okay so you've You've been mulling over over the few months and you notice that there's this gender thing happening and you're starting mm. to relate more and more to women. Was there a tipping point where you sort of went, I have to go there? Because you mentioned about, can I live in both camps? It
1: was thinking, well, is this really what's happening? I think what it really was was that I had actually changed in that instant whenever that instant exactly was, when I would, when I woke up or in my sleep or whatever. I had the remnants of the old habits and that whole you know, but that was still there enough for me to say, Oh well, I hadn't really left it. There's still that going on. And gradually it just became clear, no, it's all just disappearing. It wasn't so much a decision to transition it really I just can't possibly do anything else so did
0: you just just one day take your beard off just not go and get your hair cut
1: the timing was May then June July August trying to sort out exactly what then it was sort of thinking okay I transition in the new year, unless something strange, that I, mean, I have another tipping point moment or something like that, just maybe give it a couple of months just in case, January.
0: Okay. So in the January, that's when you actually started going on hormones and, oh, you actually took the beard off. Yeah. And,
1: right. No, I mean, I'm not on hormones. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm still so, on you, Oh, okay. The,
0: so you've never gone on to any additional hormones to help you? No. Wow. Okay. 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 What about the physical remnants of you and the physical transition and stuff like that
1: Uh, surgery is really difficult um i mean i basically when i talked about it i was told that look just go away don't even think about it i've done a lot of research since there might be a chance it depends because of my medical issues it's just difficult
0: breast augmentation Go down that path, or oh,
1: not really. I mean, I'm um, you know, I take a C
0: cup. I'm not. Oh, so that's and you know, that's it. happened naturally. Hasn't oh yeah. It? yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. So your own pituitary gland is giving you C cup. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm I'm, imp- I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've never heard about anybody doing their own gender tra- transition. Oh, you know it, it, on their own it, it does happen yeah it does
1: yeah. happen
0: okay but as far as the whole genital reassignment that is something that you're still <laughs> it's, may, something may that,
1: it's something that i hope for but it, it's something uh, you know i don't know whether a surgeon would operate because the dangers are significant
0: because of these other issues yeah yeah okay fair enough is that important for you you said that's something you'd like to do, but is it important or is it just
1: I honestly good? I honestly don't know because I try and keep it I just try not to think about it. It's unpleasant being with my body, the way it is my now, it's dysfunctional in terms of it doesn't work right. Not the way it
0: should work, as a woman you mean?
1: Not the way it should work, but it's also, you know, things like generally the advice goes to people in my situation that you should masturbate reasonably frequently, because it, it just simply so that your sex drive doesn't go completely. I mean, it's actually quite hard to raise much enthusiasm. But Mm. all sorts of things change over a period with the hormonal balance that I have, like body hair. Some parts of my body hair have just changed enormously in the last year last six months I'm actually going through this whole change in orgasms Yes, the difference between full body orgasms and male orgasms I oh, see so moving into female orgasms oh yes yeah. lucky you <laughs> well yes except that I'm not anatomically equipped to get the most out of that it's like kind of yes i mean i'm moving in that direction but i can't really it's it, it, it's all wrong it, it is yeah. very unpleasant right. and there's the whole there's a whole bundle of reasons there's the whole thing of it would be nice to go places like it'd be nice to go swimming in summer it'd be nice to go to saunas those things who knows what kind of relationship? Going into a relationship the way my body shape is now is
0: difficult. And I was going to ask about relationships. Have, um, do you date? Do you, are you out there in the scene? Have you got a partner? Know, well,
1: when I decided to transition, I thought, OK, I will not have a relationship again. I mean, I have to think that that's probably what will happen. Actually, no, I, I I went into one relationship. It ended very unhappily, but it, it was it, it was good in terms of, hey, wait, no, don't give up on that side. Oh, okay. Um, okay. There's somebody I'm hanging out with a bit at the moment okay. um, that might lead someone. Okay. I'm, I'm actually putting a lot more effort into having my private life and having people who find they're not the people who know me in the shop and who come along and, hey, that's the shop, and, hey, that's Sophie as well, and it's just, hey, that's Sophie.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's just just you. Yeah. Yeah. It's been relatively fast, hasn't it, Sophie? It's been three and a bit years. Mm. That's relatively fast. Most people who are as far down this road that you're on have normally been getting there for 20 years it's because you woke up with that Mm. change you seem to be somebody who just accepts life and only less than 12 months after you woke up that morning you were taking the beard off and changing transitioning Mm. that's not long that's very very quick
1: I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I mean, I know the way that other people explain it. I mean, there are the people who go, like, wow, it's less, it must be like just being in a book. You've just gone into a different story. And it, it's, I think that's a projection from them. That you must find it easier because of that. And yeah, there is a bit of that. But fine. You know, I, I, Read really a huge amount. I go off into that kind of exploration an awful lot. So, fine when something, some huge possible exploration comes up, and I mean, not simply exploration, but when there is that, it's like, ooh. And then there's, oh, one of my best friends is a PhD student in neurology she's just amazingly jealous of me
0: <laughs> because she'd like to be able to study her own brain well if she was going it, because
1: this. for her it's like kind of wow that's this, that's an adventure through th- this whole linkage of cognition and neurology yeah. and how hormones affect in that way
0: If you wanted to, you could have started a PhD. A couple
1: of old friends go more along the lines of saying it's like an acid trip all the time. like, well, no, not really. But, But in a way, some of the things were a bit, it's a mindset. It's like, you know, back in the day when one used to do things like that, it was like, okay, you know. You take something which is possibly going to lead to some major self-revelation that could be good, could be bad, whatever, mm. then yeah, you accept it. You see, you go along with it for a while and you write it out or however.
0: And that's basically what you've been doing, just writing it out day by day? You seem to be somebody who just accepts life. I Suppose so i, suppose I don't you know, so. Like, like I'm even asking to reflect back on your old life when you first came mm. here, you know the end of your marriage, things like that. are you the sort of person who just accepts it well well that's life i 'll move on yeah, okay, I, I suppose so, okay, and one day you woke up and you wanted to be a woman and. Be it wasn't really wanting to be. I mean, it was
1: were. waking up and being different, and sort of being sorting out what that is rather than wanting. I mean, the wanting to be—I mean, wanting to be a woman in the sense of, well, I'm different now, and I simply don't fit as a man, and I do fit as a woman. So it's not so much the wanting to socially transition because that's going to reflect my interior reality that's this sort of here is woman it's more look just don't treat me like a guy i will do anything <laughs> to not have that i mean it, it's i think one of the worst things was getting over that initial period when the guys around were kind of, I mean, they'd accept me in terms of, you know, they'd be using the right pronouns and things. But I mean, it was ages before I could start electrolysis. And I mean, I really, I mean, I looked like a guy in a dress and a fairly comic figure on that level. I
0: was going to ask you, how have you dealt with me? You've had electrolysis over your whole face, have you?
1: I've had partial electrolysis because there's a problem in having full, i uh, had full laser treatment and uh, I've got a, I shave every day still, there's still a little bit of fair hair because mm. laser only does dark hair. No, so right. It did all of that. And, and, and
0: your hormones would be such that any beard that you now grow would be very fine, wouldn't it? Yeah.
1: And the same with body hair. Body hair. There's a, loss of, uh, a, a large loss.
0: You were just talking about your friends, the people who knew you five years ago, mm. and the transition. How how did they react to that? Did, did you just throw it on the table in front of them, or did you sneak up on it?
1: I think it was very unfortunate, the way it happened. Um, okay, but well, there was the whole thing with medical issues, which when they first came up i wanted to keep those just within a small group of people here Um, yeah because that was fairly traumatic i mean i was given three years to live at that point of time and now it seems that i've got significantly better but at that point of time it was fairly dire so when all this thing started to happen and I was worried about the stroke and things, those kind of half a dozen people were the ones that I told and unfortunately two of them were talking about it at a party and were overheard by a couple of the regulars and this whole set of gossip started going around the shop like wildfire so I had to do like a formal coming out thing. And At that stage I wasn't even really sure what was happening with me apart from it was very strongly to do with gender and it was a very powerful change of some kind. So really just coming out, what what I did was I picked kind of 20 of the the usual suspects and had them around and talked about it with them. said, look, just go off and gossip. <laughs> I don't want to have to go through this conversation again and again. Although I have been through the conversation again and again. I mean, hmm. um,
0: that they, they became your first line to yeah. tell everybody else, yeah. and they were getting it straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah.
1: I'd say there's only one friend that I've lost because of it. Um, is that
0: a Berlin thing or is that a...? Your friends thing. That that seems to be a reasonably high acceptance rate.
1: Yes, <laughs> I, I think it's my friends. I don't think it's a maybe it's a mixture, and, and also maybe it's a traveller's thing. But you know, these are people who aren't in their native environment, mm, so the fine in order to do that, then naturally you know, they are more open mm. people. Yeah.
0: Have you been in contact with some old friends from the old days back in the UK? like family, like school friends?
1: I, do, uh, I don't have any school friends. Well, I, I, no, I, do, I do a couple on Facebook. I have to explain. I, I actually had a thing with an old, old school friend uh, fairly recently who threatened to come to Berlin. So, like, oh, right. Uh, well, I should tell you a couple of things. And um, I think... Old friends, friends I've had for 20, 30 years, they've been very accepting. It's not the... I don't know, I mean, I've asked them, like, kind of, why are you so accepting? <laughs> and, and kind of, you know, because there is this whole thing of how much of a secret history did I have? Was there this side to me that I just didn't know anything about, that, you know, just ignored and... It was there all along. I mean, no, nobody actually says that, but they say that, well, you know, I and mean, there were the odd things. I mean, you know, I, I suppose, oh, about half my friends would be women, and that would be close friends. Mm. I don't know, okay, I mean, lots of men have that, but more will be biased towards having more male friends. Oh, it was, it was just something I always thought of as an oddity. I always got on very well with Lazarians.
0: Well, I, I'd imagine that you're a, uh, an eccentric person Yes, yeah, so, so
1: I could really look it back on it and yeah. I could say, oh, that was just me being eccentric. Yes. Now looking back, it's like, hmm, maybe that wasn't eccentricity. Maybe that was well,
0: maybe, maybe, you know, you were just eccentric and then this transition's happened, but because mm. you were eccentric before, people just go, well, you know, we've always known him to be an unusual personality. The fact he's become a mm. woman and become Sophie is really just another version of mm. something a bit different. Oh, well, yeah. Has it been easy? Or has it been hard, or has it just been the way it is? Oh, it's
1: been heaven and hell. Um, it's, oh, what's it been like? I think there's the there's a lot about the loss of privilege. That's difficult. Not simply the, the, the kind of male privilege thing. More the, the, the thing that, okay, you walk down the street and people will see you as an object. They're not going to see you as part of the human universe,
0: even. Because you're different. You look different.
1: Oh, well, I mean, the, the, I mean, there was the whole thing, like, initially. I couldn't have electrolysis to start off with. It was a good decision in some ways, a bad decision in others. I thought, OK, I just go for the baptism of fire thing. I could go for, like, beard cover foundation and, like, a whole thing and, like, just, like, clothes shaves and just always wearing skirts and tops. That's the way I walked down Bergmann's to the shops and back every day for six months.
0: What was that first day like?
1: I don't really remember the first day very much. The first six months are this kind of continual discovering how it's possible to narrow your focus so that you actually don't look at people's reactions around you. I guess I should explain Bergenstrasse is full of outside cafes and things and it is running a major corner going up and down there. And also Germans on that shy so quite often I had the thing of some middle-aged German matron coming up, standing about a meter away and inspecting me <laughs> 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 it, it's difficult <laughs> that hasn't happened for a while at the moment I think walking down the street being in Upanas, whatever. I mean, people. I think just take me as sort of a fairly old, old woman, kind of middle-aged old woman.
0: Yeah. Was that like a true baptism of fire, walking down past the cafes, and that it it um it taught you to be resilient, it steeled you, it tempered you in the fire of the furnace, so to speak. Yeah. It
1: did, the problem is that it it actually made me think that the whole world would be a lot tougher than it actually is. The thing that really helped me was London. Okay, well, uh, only a couple of members of my family actually knew that I was transitioning, partly because there was also the whole thing with the illness that I didn't want to tell my family that much about that. So I went after two years, it was like okay i have to go back now how do i approach that i thought well okay i'm going to be staying with people who don't know about the transition so i can't go and address it's not uh, and london okay i lived in london for ages but i didn't really you know, thinking, oh, well, how dangerous is it going to be for me? Because over those two years, I hardly went out a bit. I mean, okay, I'd go shopping, I'd go for things in the very local area, but hardly anything outside that. So I thought, okay, I'll go and I'll present very male androgynous kind of thing. You know, like you no know, makeup and trousers and jackets and you know, maybe not totally male trousers, but or totally male-style jacket, but whatever, it's <clears throat> not certainly not things that are going to be signalling female. So I spent about two weeks in London like that and you know, telling people in the family and everything, apart from, the my family and one airport, security guard, everyone was just taking me as female. I think in a way it's easier in London because there's more variation. So even though you were dressing the female down,
0: everybody was still taking the female.
1: (laughs) There's so much that goes with just body language. I mean, I I was getting that before. I mean, when I... um, Having electrolysis, the process goes that before you have an electrolysis session, you have to let your beard grow. And then they'll shave it off, but they'll see what's there to be taken off. So the electrolysis place was like half an hour by... So for that, yes, I had to dress in drab. But after a bit, I started noticing that women were acting really strangely around me. Like, would just be that, that kind of puzzled look. You do go by movement. There's an overall thing, male or female, if you're not staring at the person the first thing you notice is the way that they're holding themselves. Mm. You're just vaguely aware of some somebody, something, standing that way. My body language was female, even though I had this designer's trouble. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah.
0: So everybody was picking up on that in London, except for your family, like you said, who knew you as a man. Yeah. yeah. And were they looking at you oddly, going, yes, mm-hmm. you're... Who we know, but something's different?
1: Oh, well, my family, I mean, I was coming out as soon
0: as I could. I mean, oh, so you were, were telling them that you were in the middle of the transition? Uh, yeah. Okay, you yeah. just didn't want to slap yeah. it in their face? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. okay, okay. Where to from here, Sophie? Ooh. How, how, deep down, how deep down the rabbit hole are you? Are you all the way through yet? Or you've still got, got, if you can, the surgery. You mentioned that, maybe, maybe, whatever. Yeah,
1: there's the surgery. There's more. People talk about the transition process, but whatever that really means, I mean, there isn't a hard and fast thing. I mean, in a way, I mean, we transition all our lives. Mm. But they talk about four or five years. And for me, okay, I've done three. I do feel there's a change now in terms of the last three years have been full of really major internal changes. Now it's far more a thing of going out into the world and exploring as me seeing
0: what that brings. Yes, you mentioned earlier about like a second adolescence are you still going through that or do you I, think there is a I, point where I, you
1: I, I, out I look at myself as 15 16 at the moment uh, well I'm, I'm thinking of having a 15th birthday party in a month or so and 16 later on in the year
0: interesting um, way i look at it when when do you reach adulthood what age would it parallel
1: i don't know i mean what is the age of consent? Varies country to country, doesn't well, it? There's <laughs>
0: consent but then there's adulthood too, you know? there's Adulthood
1: too. I don't know, I don't know if I ever reached adulthood as a hand, so That's a
0: good way to put it, you know. Now you f- you feel like you're nearly fifteen, you're moving towards mm. sixteen, then it'll be seven, eight and at some point it's sort of like, yeah, I've grown up.
1: Yeah.
0: And that'll be end of transition I suppose for you. So, I just asked you, anywhere next to talk about? What are you looking forward to? Where are you going?
1: I don't have any aims like that anymore. Something that I mildly regret, the first summer, the summer after this whole internal change thing, um, or like two or three months after, I went to England once very, very fast for a visit. I passed by a gay bookshop and I thought, okay, I'll pop in there because, yeah, maybe that can have things on gender and whatever. And I found out that they had a trans meeting uh, every month, and there was one next week. So, hey, wow, so it was my birthday, so I spent my birthday going along to my first ever trans meeting. It was interesting seeing people, I I really didn't know where I was, that was still my old hirsute self. And I got into a conversation with somebody, and they were being very nice to me, and we've all been through different processes, and saying to me, Well, you might find it very hard at the moment because it really can be. And I said, Oh no, being told you've got three years to live, that's the hard part. This is the gravy, (laughs) kind of, and it's not. I mean, it, it, it is immensely difficult. There is a thing that when you're brought up against your mortality like that and told, okay, you know, this is it, that you have a different attitude towards the future. Okay, I might still have aims, but it, it's almost that I don't want to recognize them as aims. No, I'm just going to get as far as I can. At the moment, my health is better, but it's balanced. You know, if something could happen, the risk of being assaulted in the street if you just pick the wrong area at the wrong time of night. Any place. I mean, Berlin isn't different from London or different from New York or anywhere in that respect. The chances of a trans woman being assaulted, compared to virtually any other social group, are astronomically high. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, but um, the, the murder rate—it's all. It's all terribly nasty. I mean, I, I think the the standard thing is that a trans woman is 10 to 15 times more likely to be beaten up than a lesbian or gay person. Wow. And that's bad enough. What well, that's bad, yes. I and mean, the trans people I've met in Berlin, all of them have been assaulted in some way or other. Goodness. So at least once. Um, that's not very nice to hear at all. The thing is that for me, if I get what for a normal person would be mildly beat up, I'd have a 50-50 chance of dying for that. So, I mean, it's precarious on that level. So you've got to be very careful so,
0: when you go out and about, particularly late at night and things like that. Oh yes. yeah,
1: knowing your geography, your human geography, yes. like, okay, that ethnic area is okay, but definitely not those ones. Mm. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well we've covered a fair bit there Sophie, is there anything else you'd like to add? Anything else you'd like to ask? Well, maybe I'd like to ask on behalf of somebody who could be listening, Mm -hmm. who has done a Google search Mm -hmm. and has discovered you and has listened to the story and maybe in a place of exploration in their own life, Mm -hmm. what would you say to them?
1: I'd say not be so afraid. I mean, it's very hard. I mean, there are um, lots of the statistics are really frightening. I mean, the the average age for a transsexual child being thrown out of the home in the U.S. is thirteen, and you think, what can I say to a thirteen-year-old in that situation? If I was to talk about somebody who had their own lives, they'd constructed their own lives, but they had serious gender issues, I would say, don't be so afraid of transition. I mean, yes, it's got horrible parts to it, and yes, you lose people, and your whole balance goes in a very difficult way. it's impossible to underestimate what it feels like being real. It's not that my life now is better because it's more emotional or it's worse because I'm less safe or whatever. I mean, I can look at all those and I can do the arithmetic and what does that add up to? But my life's more real now that
0: Can't be measured. It's a wonderful way to wrap up this episode. (laughs) Thanks, Sophie. Thank you very much. Thank you. And if anybody wants to come to another country bookstore, where do they find you?
1: They find me in Riemannstrasse and Kreuzberg and Berlin.
0: Come and check it out, people. You'll be amazed at what's in this little store. Thanks, Sophie. Thank you. Bye-bye. Find more great podcasts at lifestylepodnetwork.com.au.